Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Well, hello everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Growing in Grace, continuing our series. Uh, We are. I'm Joel, and this is Mike. Covenant talk. It really is so exciting when when it comes down to it. Understanding uh, that a lot of the words that Jesus said uh, didn't really have to do with us who are in Christ. We've been talking about this for several weeks now, so I do invite you to go back and listen to the entire series if you'd like to. Uh, hit some highlights if you want to, whatever whatever trips your trigger. But the whole basis for this is is trying to understand why Jesus said some of the things that he did. Because I've looked in a lot of the words that, for example, that Paul wrote, and why, they, they differ a lot, a lot of the times. They differ from the things that Jesus said. And I, for years, I didn't quite understand it until I began to see that there are two covenants and that Jesus came teaching a covenant to those who are under that covenant, the old covenant to those who are under it. And so uh, some of the hard-to-understand sayings of Jesus are really understood when you see that he's talking to Israel and not to Christians. So we're picking up here uh, this week. By the way, how are you doing this week, Cap? Good, Joel. Yeah, let's let's keep it rolling because— sure. um, we're, we're trying to get to more things that, that Jesus taught about, but there's a few more things here in the sermon maybe that we can point out. Uh, we're not going to get into the into the weeds on some of these things because we, we just want to move the series along. Maybe we can come back and talk about certain things. For example, the Lord's Prayer is in, in this sermon, Matthew 6. Uh, we happen to believe it's an Old Covenant prayer right along with the context of the rest of the sermon that was meant for Israel um, and was not meant for a, a prayer to be used as Christians for future generations. But one thing that we'll point out about this with the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 during the Sermon on the Mount, speaking to Israel here, one thing that Jesus mentioned in the prayer is that forgive us as we forgive others. So what happens if we aren't really truly and perfectly, purely from the heart, forgiving people entirely what what happens if there's just some you know little cobwebs cracks and crevices within the heart that just hasn't completely let that go yeah that's that's a hard what place happens? to be i guess the implication is you, what's that did you did you say something i said yeah that's a that's a tough place to be oh <laughs> <laughs> well it, it certainly is and and so the point here is that if you're forgiven as you forgive that can place you in some sort of eternal jeopardy, theoretically, right? So, um, this is a, this was a prayer for Israel at that time. They needed their king to come and deliver them and redeem them from this law that they could not keep. And so, they were in this place. Remember back in Matthew 5 when Jesus said, hey, when you're at the altar. Again, remember, Jesus is, re- is revealing the true purpose of the law here. And whether some of these people realized it or not, there are I think there are things in the Old Covenant and in the law that would reflect this, but they may not have been able to wrap their minds around it. So in Matthew 5, when Jesus said, you're at the altar, you're, you're doing a sacrifice, you're putting your gift there, uh, and then you remember that someone has something, 
uh, they, he didn't even say at that time, he didn't say, if you have something against someone, he said, if you remember that someone has something against you, go and be reconciled and then come back and the sacrifice would be valid under that covenant. And here he is now with the, the Lord's Prayer, and, and he even mentions it again after the prayer, therefore, after the prayer, therefore, if you do not forgive others, then neither will God forgive you. Is that good news? No, that that's not the gospel. And there's a lot of different reasons why this is not good news. Um, <laughs> nobody had ever really achieved perfect forgiveness from within the heart, just like nobody had ever achieved be, being a doer of the law to perfection. So uh, we find that they had this condition, like many other conditions under the law, forgive others in order to be forgiven. Yes, there were still animal sacrifices and all of that, but none of it could really take away sin. So they, they needed something new to happen here. Should we forgive others today? Absolutely. We should do it unconditionally because that's how we've been forgiven through Christ. But in a better covenant, we're not forgiving today as, as believers in Christ. We don't forgive in order to be forgiven. But as Paul puts it back in Ephesians 4.32, he exhorts us to forgive. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So you see, we've already been forgiven, mm -hmm. and blood was required for that. It was the blood of Christ. If forgiveness is going to come based on our condition of forgiving others, then we're back in under a hopeless situation that, that Israel was under. Yeah, uh, forgiveness uh, becomes a work that our salvation is dependent upon. <laughs> you know, if that was for us— then if we don't forgive others and God therefore doesn't forgive us, then are we saved? Can we be saved? And so that begs the question, well, what about the blood of Jesus? Was the blood of Jesus not enough? Now that we understand the new covenant, uh, are we going to re revert back to if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you when through the blood of Jesus we've already been forgiven? Did the sacrifice of Jesus mean nothing. And uh, you are reading there from Ephesians 4.32, and earlier in that epistle, in Ephesians 1.7, Paul writes, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And what is it according to? It's according to the riches of his grace. The forgiveness that we've received in Christ <laughs> is according to the riches of his grace, not according to whether or not we forgive others. And Paul says the same thing in, in Colossians 1.14, where he says uh, essentially the same thing, uh, talking about the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And later in that same epistle, Paul writes similarly to what he wrote in Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as, he goes on to say, even as Christ forgave you. So the forgiveness issue, God's forgiveness of us wasn't based upon whether we forgave others or not. It's not based upon whether we forgive others or not. And so why did Jesus say that in Matthew? Why did he say that right after the Lord's, during the Lord's prayer and right after that? Well, if you've been listening to us for several weeks now, it's because it was indeed a teaching to the people of Israel. It was a teaching to his disciples. That's what it's like under the old covenant. If you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. You have to follow the law perfectly and fully, 
And if you haven't followed that law perfectly and fully, then you're not forgiven. You've fallen short of the glory of God. And so we need this forgiveness to be based upon the blood of Jesus, not based upon whether or not we can uh, eke it out in our hearts, you know, work it out of our hearts to uh, to be able to forgive other people. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, the, the, these conditional blessings and, and things that Israel was trying to attain to in that first covenant, Jesus performed the will of God, you know, with the, his blood that was shed on our behalf in order to release first Israel and then, of course, us from a hopeless situation. So if you think that former covenant still applies and that you can't be forgiven unless you first forgive, then for what purpose did Jesus suffer? You see, if you could attain forgiveness any other way than other than through his blood, then he died for nothing. <laughs> and having this mentality of thinking that I need to forgive in order to be forgiven, and please understand, as Paul exhorted us, uh, we've mentioned it a couple times already, forgiving is, is a good thing. We just don't mm-hmm. do it in order to receive forgiveness. We do it because we're forgiven. There's a big difference between that covenant from before and the one we're under now. And so there's this idea, though, that in order for you to be forgiven, you have to forgive. It leads to the fear of wondering where you stand with God, whether you're truly forgiven, because it it places the responsibility back on you instead of Jesus Christ. And we know that's a dead-end street. So this is what happens, though, when the, the covenants get mixed up, context gets jumbled, and people walk away confused and unsure of some things. So why would we ask God for conditional forgiveness when his forgiveness already came freely and unconditionally through the blood of Jesus Christ and his finished work. So this is just some points we wanted to make as to why Jesus taught two covenants. He's still trying to show these people they needed to get out of their situation, and he was going to be the the only way to do that. At the end of this chapter in Matthew 6, there's some things here that tie into, I, I mentioned a couple of programs ago, that really the the central theme around this sermon, besides what we just stated, the central theme is, is righteousness. And Israel was trying to establish their own righteousness, their own right standing with God based upon their ability to abide by the works of the law. And they fell short, of course, as you mentioned, Joel. So this righteousness theme is, is brought up several times in both Matthew 5 and Matthew 6. And now Jesus, after hammering the law on these people and trying to show them their lack of perfection that was required, he gets around to something here that's a bit different than their righteousness. He speaks to Israel here in Matthew 6.33. I'm sure you're familiar with this verse because it's usually applied to us Christians. Uh, But it's uh, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so now we've got this uh, this new thing that's coming into play, that's being manifested before their very eyes as the king of the kingdom stood before them. Seek first the kingdom or the king and the righteousness of God instead of trying to seek their own righteousness through the works of the law. He's, he's opening up a new curtain here, Joel. Yep, he is. It's uh, the curtain that reveals the gospel. And uh, just with a, about a minute left here or so, what that's pointing to, you, you mentioned uh, the distinction there that it's God's righteousness, not our own righteousness. Paul wrote 
in Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel, God's righteousness is revealed. And so under the old, Jesus was telling them to seek God's righteousness. God's righteousness can't be attained by them trying to follow the law. But the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. And then in Romans 3.23, a little bit later, Paul talks about how the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. All throughout the law and the prophets, they're pointing to this righteousness that would be God's righteousness, not about the law, earning righteousness through the law. Then it says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. That's what all of this points to. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay, you receive that by grace through faith as a free gift. So it's important uh, that we understand why Jesus said the things that he did. And uh, we'll continue on with this series of why Jesus taught two covenants. As you can see, even from this last couple minutes here, and then, of course, from our past uh, several episodes on this, you can see why it's so important to understand the difference. More coming up in the following weeks on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.